Why do you say that, Father? You aren't afraid, are you? No. But I respect some of the superstitions of others. Often they are founded in fact. Broadcasting live from our Sanctum Sanctorum in Venice, California, this is the Sixth Sense Society. I'm your host, Krista, here with our producer, Michael, and we are so excited to have back on the show two of our favorite paranormal investigators, Craig Owens and Holly Lindblom. They've been on the show before, and we love having them on. And today they're going to talk about a very sort of paranormal Valentine's Day topic, love beyond the grave. And just to remind you, they're both photographers, and Craig is uh, the also the author of the acclaimed book Haunted by History, Volume 1, Separating the Facts and Le- Legends of Eight Historic Hotels and Inns in Southern California. Anyway, we're really thrilled to have them on. But before we get started, Michael has a few announcements. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Um, and yeah, we're super excited to have Craig and Holly on. They've become such good friends. So I uh, can't wait to hear some of the stories today. Uh, next week, we have a really terrific episode coming up. We have Earl Gray Anderson. <coughs> Sorry, I'm just getting over the flu, so my voice is not quite there. Um, And he's coming on. He's the Southern California Director of MUFON. And we'll be talking about men in black. So I can't wait for that. It's one of my fascinations. So I can't wait to hear. And I'm I'm told he has an exclusive story that no one's ever heard before. So join in for that for sure. And then we're ending the month with Dan Moore, our Kabbalistic philosopher. And he's got some new work that's come out. So we're going to be talking about that. Get all the information on our website, sixcentssociety.com, S-I-X-T-H, all spelled out. And while you're there, if you can afford to, buy us a coffee on Ko-Fi, uh, really. But the most important thing, click like and subscribe on YouTube. It helps us a lot. And thank you to all who have subscribed. It's nice to see the subscribers pouring in finally. It makes us feel appreciated. Um, so I don't want to take up too much time because we have so much to cover today. And our guests are so amazing. So with that, I'm going to kick it back to you. So take it away, Krista. Great. Thank you, Michael. And welcome, Holly. And Hi, guys. Thank you for having me back. Happy Valentine's Day. And welcome, Craig. Hi, can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, great. I'm doing this by phone. I'm phoning it in. Well, me too. However you can, we're really glad you both can join us. Uh, So before we start on the topic, one of the things I was sort of ruminating about with this topic of sort of uh, love beyond the grave and uh, is sort of like the the kinds of stories that one finds uh, that are connected to this particular topic and um, the reasons for haunted love. And here's just a couple I'm going to throw out and you can comment on it too. And one is that uh, the couple is somehow separated in life. Um, another is someone steals their soulmate or lover in life. And then there's also stories that have a protective twist to it. So those are the three I kind of came up with myself. Uh, Holly, what do you think about the idea of sort of the themes of this? Well, definitely love beyond the grave. Uh, People are connected through love. A lot of our hauntings and stories are um, suicides, murders, all to do with lovers, quarrels, and other things like that. Love plays a huge part, and it literally makes people go crazy. And uh, that's what they call it, crazy in love, you know? And uh, yeah, I, I believe that's why some of these hauntings, they stick around for love, you know? And Craig, what what is your thoughts about just the general topic? 
Well, I think uh, most of the uh, heartbreak stories, you know, there's a lot of tragedies associated with ghost stories. And they're like uh, morality tales a lot of times, you know, um, love gone bad, Romeo and Juliet type stuff, um, being left at the altar, um, never getting over it. I mean, these are recurring themes going all the way back. It certainly was a popular topic during Victorian literature, the Victorian heyday. And uh, every now and then some of them will be, um, oh, some kind of romance, you know, where the lady, like the ghost in Mrs. Mirror, where, you know, it's what takes place in a lighthouse and, and, uh, and a woman who's alone, you know, makes friends with a ghostly male. And there's a little bit of a romance that brews up. And, he, and I, even in today's literature, paranormal romance is everywhere, you know, where, where people are fusing it. The paranormal overall is a romantic view. It's either romantic or it's horrific, you know, mm -hmm. depending on what your taste is. But um, I tend to be more of a romantic myself even though I profess to have never had a relationship, a romantic relationship with a ghost. Um, <laughs> um, there's still but, time. You know, there, there's one of the things that I found interesting, and I'll just turn it back over to Holly to see what she thinks, but it seems to me that the heartbreak ones, uh, they're the ones, they're the hauntings that last a long time. And it seems to me tales of like love between people that actually knew each other, you know, husband, wife, mother, son. Um, a lot of those seem to be shorter when it's mm. a happy, more love thing. And uh, the other genre that I think you, you might want to add to your list, Krista, is the I'm okay you can go on with your life kind of hauntings. Mm. Good point. Holly, what do you think? I believe that. I believe that, uh, like you said, like the romanticizing of it, um, getting left at the altar. There's a lot of brides, a lot of haunted brides, you know, because that's the, that's their day, you know, and it's um, destroyed their whole I don't know, um, perception of what it would be like for their wedding day. So you get a lot of those stories. And uh, a lot of the stories are also about um, if I can't have you, no one else can. Mm -hmm. And you get a lot of those. And uh, that leaves some hauntings to be told, you know. And uh, I do have a story I, I wanted to share. I became a docent uh, just for the Spodger Cemetery here where I live in Pomona. And there's a story of a young girl named uh, Pearl Scott Hawk. And she married uh, a, a gentleman who was probably like 40 years her senior, mm. which was something that did happen back then. And she ended up um, having a baby who died very, very young. Well, she couldn't get over the death of the baby. So what ended up happening is she fell in love with a farmhand named Lee Smith. And um, she ran away to L.A. with him, took all of her husband's money. When the money ran out, she came back home. And then after that, you know, he came looking for her, Lee did, hmm. you know, their, their love, their forbidden love, you know, they, they had to be together again. Well, since they couldn't be together again, 
um, they ended up shooting themselves and the husband heard them, the two gunshots ring out. This is even in the Pomona papers. And the one thing she wanted was to be buried with Lee. Well, he put her under a concrete slab over in Spadra and uh, Lee is over at Pomona Cemetery and they say she's so unhappy that that's why her grave is so cold. And uh, I just think that's a real creepy one. And I was there on Halloween and let me tell you, her grave was really cold. Now that could do to it being a little bit more exposed, mm. but because she did take her life, um, they have her in a whole other section away from the other pioneers. So I can oh. understand her sadness. So was yeah, it like so a suicide pact or they just... Yeah, it was a suicide. They said it was a murder-suicide, but all evidence showed that they both did shoot themselves. Yeah, I was thinking about that. That I'm glad you brought that up. I figured there must be some sort of haunting um, related to a suicide pact. Because obviously, you know, we've talked on other shows, anything sort of tragic can set off a haunting, whether it's murder or suicide or maybe an, an early death of some kind. So... Uh, that's that's so so tragic. I you know I it's it's just let people be together for God's sake. <laughs> you know that's yeah. that. back then. You know you didn't hear people getting divorces or it was like to the end. You know and these young women that were marrying these way older men they weren't happy and a lot of them did this. So um, it's really sad. It's really tragic. They couldn't be buried together either. They're miles apart here in this city. Wow, you'd think they'd at least do that. Yeah. So, Craig, I know we talked before the show, you were saying that, unfortunately, a lot of these stories are are tragic. Do you have a particular one in mind? Well, there's more. There's tons. Um, Yeah, most of them fall into the unrequited love, you know, um, being scorned, um, breakups, you know, where there's actually no love, at least on one side. And that's what sparks it on. Uh, yeah, Holly and I were talking about it last night because she called me up and said, what are you going to talk about? What are you going to talk about? And I was like, well, I mean, there's so many to choose from, but the one that that she we talked about and she helped me with this was uh, the Sunset Ranch, which is a horse riding ranch that was part of the old Hollywood land um, real estate Um project in the 1920s in the Hollywood Hills. It's Sunset Ranch is still around. It's one of the few of the original pieces that were set up in this housing development. It's right under the Hollywood sign. Uh, In fact, Peg Entwistle, I think, used to ride horses there, and she ended up jumping off the Hollywood land sign uh, in, what, 1932. But there was a... um, it, the barn was supposed to be haunted, and the stories that I heard was like, oh, it's a Romeo and Juliet type of story where the two lovers got into, were separated, and um, one of them hanged themselves from the barn, and afterwards, the barn has been haunted. Mm. And I thought, well, the boy, this sounds like an urban legend. Um, so I looked into it and actually I did come across a hanging. It wasn't Romeo and Juliet by any means. That was the, you know, romanticized version of it. But there was a, there was a hanging. There was, it was the manager of the barn, Sunset, uh, which is now Sunset Ranch, but it was called the Hollywoodland Stables back Mm. then. 
and it was a guy named Robert Bakefeld, and it happened in 1924, and it did seem to be somewhat romantic related, but again, it's more of the unrequited love, the rejected love. Um, uh, uh, that's the theme. That's what prompted him to take his own life. Um, they found letters in his possession, always signed by a woman named Butterfly, hmm. which they assumed was his wife. Um, Bakefield was 48 years old. He was the general manager of the writing academy at um, the Hollywoodland Stables. And I'm I'm actually looking because I don't have anything memorized, but they the final letter in the collection that he had was postmarked June twenty seventh. Keep in mind that this got reported on July fourteenth, nineteen twenty four. So this was not that long ago before he committed suicide. But the letter they found was it was all a mistake. This is what Butterfly wrote. Um, it was all it was all a mistake uh your love for me was a physical thing only and we might as well realize it our attempt showed that i was not made to keep house and i guess it is all my fault mm. the signature on it was signed butterfly um bakersfield's body was discovered by his 14 year old son oh which was uh, the son came from a previous relationship, a previous marriage. Uh, he had left the uh, his apartment at 7 a.m. This is what he told the detectives, the L.A. homicide detectives. And when he returned an hour later, he found his dad uh, suspended from the rafters of this barn. Uh, he tried to cut it down. And then when he couldn't do that, he called the doctor. He rushed to the scene, and then the doctor notified the police. Bakefield was dead. Um, so, very tragic story. When we did, we actually were allowed to do a paranormal investigation of Sunset Ranch a couple of years ago. And we did, I mean, one of the stories was that they would hear footsteps in the hayloft, which was above the horse stalls at Sunset Ranch. And sure enough, I mean, it, sound, it sure did sound like we heard footsteps walking across that. And the loft was, I mean, it was wall to wall, uh, bales of hay. There was no room to walk mm. whatsoever. Mm. So we thought that was very unusual. Um, the kids that are that live at Sunset Ranch. They're the uh, they're the sons and daughters of the property manager there. They go in there all hours of the day and night, and they've had some weird experiences, including hearing the footsteps as well. So that's the only death to that place. So I I do think it it I do think it ties into this uh, sad love story, but uh, yeah, m most of the stories are sad. And they're, they're depressing. And some are embellished for story's sake. So, but this one seems to be at least legit. Right. Not just a legend. Yeah. Yeah. What turned out to be a, what, what, what turned out, yeah. Someone wrote 
uh, bandaged nose? Oh, no. Well, I might as well explain. I had uh, ca uh, cancer, skin cancer removal surgery on Monday. So I've got, I'm franken nose, and you don't want to see that. Got stitches all the way across. So I'm wearing a couple of band-aids until the stitches come off. It wasn't because of a ghost. No, no, wasn't because of that. And I'm not trying to get all pretty. It's not that kind of surgery. It's just, uh, it just is one of those things. Yeah. Being out in the sun. Very I'm common in California. Texas, yes. We've yeah. been going through this. Yep. So Holly, what, what story would you like to share? Well, I told you about Pearl Scott. And um, like me and Craig were talking last night, there's just so many urban legends, you know, and uh, one that in L.A. that I just find so funny and there's really no evidence of it is that picnic table that everyone goes up to at Griffith Park. Oh, that the two lovers were making love and then the, the tree fell on them and the tree is still there. And there's no evidence of this, but people love to go up there and they have like their little initials carved in but they you know i don't that's not true but people just love well, that story for some reason there's all kinds of youtube thing well, well the person yeah. that invented the story finally came forward and okay. said what he did is he created a fake los angeles times news page oh like a newspaper but he put lots of clues lots of clues to let people know that this was not real oh he publishes it on Halloween mm. online and someone read it, did not pick up on the clues. It went viral. Mm -hmm. And he even went online and said, look, mm -hmm. guys, I didn't expect this to go viral and everyone to yeah. be thinking that this really happened. This was a joke. There were so many weird, goofy things that we put in it. I don't know how anyone could mistake this as a legitimate Story. That's funny, kind of like an onion story. But it didn't matter. You, yeah. you go on YouTube and you find all kinds of paranormal people, you know, hunting ghosts there and thinking yeah. that they're picking things up. Oh, their, um, their K2 meters or their spirit boxes and all these they're other really things that are, yeah. are not real, reliable. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it, it's kind of ridiculous. And of course, when you point out that it was all a hoax, a Halloween yeah. hoax, they get mad at you. But, oh. you know, um, <laughs> of course, God forbid you get in the way of, you know, a good story. But no, that that one never happened. That one never happened. <laughs> yeah, but people it, and if you search, you can, you, if, if you search, you can actually find the author posting, hey, guys, look, I made that up. You know, it's so silly that I can't <laughs> believe people took it seriously you know he had like michael myers trail i mean he put little hints from like horror movies huh. on the page oh and uh and even changed the name of the paper but it, it was just not enough to huh. you know people were get so hungry and they want to latch onto a ghost story so badly yeah. that they don't actually study it to see whether or not it's true or not it's and well right. it sounds like it's kind of a benign i mean it's sad but it's not like a particularly gory story it's interesting that they would latch on so strongly to that one maybe because they're it's accessible for people to go to or but yeah. but, but what is you know what the whole ghost story idea is 
it's pretty deep. I mean, we've been telling each other ghost stories for centuries. And uh, I know on my, my uh, mother's side, the Irish, are, my great-grandmother used to t- tell uh, ghost stories to my mother, uh, scary ones, before she'd go to bed. That's the only thing I know about her, is that she told ghost stories. <laughs> That's so, cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it's just that everyone, it seems like, has some interest, at, even if it's just from a literary point of view, they, they'll they read a, a really good ghost story or movies. And um, it's 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 fascinating because one of the things I've noticed also about the paranormal people, they're not necessarily interested um, in what happens after death. Can Like, let's say, you know, in metaphysics, we try to decide, does the soul move on? You know, what happens? Are there different realms? Do we reincarnate? And not all paranormal people are interested in that, I've noticed. We are. Yeah, well, they, you know, they're in it for different reasons. Um, I, I've met all kinds of people, you know, over the last six, seven years. And and yeah, um, like history kind of drove me into it, just trying to find, you know, what the facts are behind a place. But mm-hmm. there's, uh, I was at the, uh, it was the Victorian Rose. And I was doing just research. It was just me and the owners at the time. And now the owners were very spiritual people. And um, I like them, but we totally think on a different plane. And But the guy, he turned around to me, he goes, I know what you're doing. He goes, you're really seeking like personal answers for yourself about the afterlife. Um, and oh my God, I started tearing up. <laughs> he, there was something about the way he said it. He caught me off guard and I was like, Oh my God, you're right. All this posing and preening that I'm in it for the history and whatnot only. And there are deeper levels as to why I do this as well. And he just, it's almost like he just saw right through me. It just mm. like, and so I had to like keep my composure because he, he had hit such a nerve and the tears started like, you know, kind of like wiping away. Kind of go, nope, that's not it. <laughs> but, uh, but you know what, uh, back to what I said earlier, I think one of the big things that have had me thinking about all of this and why I'm glad you asked me to be on the show, really, is that <clears throat> I'm not allowed to talk a lot about details, but I can share some things. But last fall, uh, I did shoot a paranormal show, and it's actually called Family Spirits part of the haunted discoveries it's like a spin-off of that and i got asked to do genealogy on people mm. uh, that were coming forward and saying yeah i'm haunted by a family member mm. you know and uh so i'm trying to find you know connections and whatnot but then i do have to interview them about their the nature of their relationships now i'm not judging i'm not paid or hired to judge you know and said that's a fake story i mean you do get a gist you you do kind of know what's real and what's not um by doing the interview but that wasn't necessarily the purpose and all of these people were screened but i I do have one story that has kind of haunted me and it fits perfectly into this theme 
but um, I actually believe that with families and with people that are in love with them, there are so many of them that make packs with one another that there will be, if one goes, they will try to send a sign mm. to their partner to let them know that they're okay. And this theme, I mean, it's not just one or two people do this. There's quite a few people do it. Even the Houdinis tried right. to do something like that. Harry Houdini and right. his wife. You know. And if they can find a way to come back from the grave, they will do it. Which, to me, if that's not an ultimate act of love, trying to tell the other person on the other side they're okay, then I don't know what is. In this right. particular case... It sounded kind of far-fetched. There was a guy who uh, doesn't live in California, but he is raising a son, but he claims that he is um, haunted by the spirit of his ex-wife who died young. Mm. Ex-wife. They were already divorced, oh. but they had stayed friends, close friends, and she had gotten married to someone else, and that marriage was turbulent and um and he had very specific things that would happen to him that he felt tipped him off that it was her and it was mostly a lot of it would be smells you know mm. and um i probably shouldn't say this but you know the ex-wife was a big pot smoker so when they'd smell pot and no one else smokes pot but they'd smell heavy you know smell a pot in the car mm. they go okay they know who that is right. you know but um so you know from a skeptical standpoint you can find all kinds of ways to dismiss this but i will tell you this and this was so darn weird is that when he came into the location to shoot and he brought along his son which was the son he had with this woman um while he's sitting in the chair talking <laughs> and it's just a camera pointed right on him the whole room the whole shoot was disrupted by suddenly the sound of knocking on wood and it lasted for almost 10 seconds and it was like this and i mean we all were looking at each other i was off i was off screen i wasn't even you know i was just spectating and uh we all were like looking at each other going kidding me you know what is this we've mm. been there for like over 20 days and we never heard this noise before and then he claimed that the arms on his hair on his arms went up you know went up like something brushed past him and he goes i think she's here with us and we're kind of like going hmm but when it came to my my part where i'm sitting across the table from him and he's talking about her. I'm hearing a woman's voice speaking right off to my left. Ooh, and funny. I didn't know what to do. Ooh. I didn't know what to do. Hmm. I didn't know whether I should go cut. Did anyone hear this? Because if no one else heard it, I was going to look like a big loon. So, you know, I just kind of went, I decided I'm just going to let this play. He's talking about everything. I'll just bring it up later. So I'm sure there's footage of me kind of like looking off to the side, kind of going, what is this? Hmm. Um, and uh, so I, I mentioned it to Brandon Alvis, who was directing, and 
I said, oh, by the way, you may want to check the audio. You know, I could swore I heard a woman's voice talking right over, you know, right off to my left. And I almost stopped the taping because of it. And he goes, oh, I heard it too. Ah. <laughs> said the sound person heard it. And then Mustafa was sitting there going, oh, God, I heard it as well. So I wasn't alone. No. It was like a real female voice. It was a controlled atmosphere. It was very quiet. So it made me a believer. So we got a question that's really interesting. Um, I'm going to direct it to you, Holly. Can you get visitations through dreams of deceased loved ones? Has that ever happened to you? Um, actually, it has. And uh, I do believe that um, we can almost live like a different kind of life through our dreams. Uh, when the audio just went out right now a little bit, uh, we were talking about how we see loved ones and sometimes they're just there, but they're not talking, but they're there. After my grandmother passed away, I mean, I had dreams of her all the time. Mm. And so um, I still dream of certain people. So there's, you know, um, different things come in and out. Uh, so, yeah, I believe it is a way for them to visit us. There's also the the idea that sometimes people appear right before they die uh, also through dreams and sometimes even at the bedside of people. That is a very common story that Michael and I both have heard. Have you heard about that too, Craig? Well, actually, interestingly enough, one of the things that happened to me was uh, – just about 11 years ago, my grandfather, who I was very close to growing up, um, I had gotten a phone call saying that he had been moved to hospice. I knew he was going down with pneumonia and he was in his 90s and wasn't going to be able to be at his bedside when he passed. And I got the call that it, they said he was probably going to pass the next day. So I'm kind of stunned. I go outside and I'm just kind of thinking about him and thinking about all, you know, a whole flood of memories comes in. And I go to my office uh, and I'm sitting at my desk and I just turn around and start talking to my wife about him because she didn't really know what was going on with me because I was kind of beginning to internalize the, the shock and the pain. And I started talking about it. And, and it's funny because I started like, it felt like a, uh, like a hair had fallen off my head. It was like tickling the lobe mm. of my ear. And I kept, you know, trying to brush it away while trying to talk to her about it. And it would come back and it'd go like this. And I'm like, finally, I'm like looking at down at, Coat. In fact, it's the same darn coat that I'm wearing now. And I'm like, looking, oh, where's the hair? You know, and it's like, there's no hair. And then suddenly it turns very staticky. And there, and I felt a tug on my earlobe down. And I was like, and I, and this was right while I was talking to my wife, you know. So I was like, oh my God, you know, it suddenly I got it. My grandfather used to torment me by tugging on my earlobe when I was a teenager <laughs> and preteen. That's how he would get my attention. Mm. Now, I'm like going, did that really happen? Because I hadn't thought about that. It, 
I mean, it, it immediately became available once that memory popped in, as soon as that happened. Uh, I haven't given that a thought in decades. I mean, decades. Um, but I thought, well, if, if it's not paranormal, if it's something from springing through my subconscious, it's a great reminder of him. I mean, um, but he was alive at the time when this happened. And so he did pass the next day. Um, but I, I personally have interpreted that as him saying goodbye to me yeah. before he actually leaves this, you know, the body or the plane or something like that. But I, I like you, I have heard not, not too many stories, but even when I was interviewing people for family spirits, I mean, there was one person that did see her, uh, did see her grandfather, like the the day before he passed, and he was with her grandmother who had already passed. His, I mean, with his wife, her grandmother, uh, who had already passed, but they were together, mm. and it was like they were saying goodbye. And so I think that is, uh, you know, I I think there's some truth to these stories. That's a whole nother layer to love beyond the grave is people being met by loved ones. And my own story is my grandmother when she was dying and she was in a, in a hospital. And it was like, I don't know, it was maybe about a month or two weeks before she actually died. She started talking to her sister, Lily, who I'd never heard much of as if she was there in the room. And she would look at her in the corner and just talk to her, I think sometimes in Hungarian. And I remember noting it, saying like, wow, that is really interesting. And uh, there's a whole book about that, especially in hospitals, where people say that, you know, loved ones are, are see, seeing people. And that, that seems very reassuring. Even if it was just the mind, I still feel it's very reassuring. Uh, I agree. So what, what do you, about you, Holly? What do you think about that idea, too, of the loved ones coming to greet the ones that are passing have you do you have any stories or what are your thoughts yeah. about that idea i uh my grandmother she had a brain aneurysm and she was here one day and gone the next and what had happened was we had her in hospice she never recovered but the ladies that were coming in the different hospice nurses, you know me being who i am i did ask them do you guys ever see ghosts because i thought i was seeing shadows in her room maybe that was the lack of sleep Maybe that was the grief, but there was something going on. And um, they were talking always about the loved ones and how um, this one lady, she straight told me that she would see the sheets move when people would leave, like, like the spiritual plane, like, you know, something was going. They also say you lose, like, there's something about uh, when somebody dies, like their weight even changes. So you can look that up. I don't know how much it is, but it's significant that people talk about it. Like mm. it's your spirit. So they, um, they always, I've heard so many stories of people claiming their aunts and their uncles, they're talking to their uncle Bobby in the, in the corner, you know? And um, I, that's, that's, that's reassuring to me too, that when I'm old and I'm in the bed dying, my grandparents and everybody comes and sees me too, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like a welcoming it's not a scary thing. It's like they're taking you to the light. They're your, um, you know, your, your guide, right? Right. You don't you don't leave alone, which is really right. It's it's, it's right. a fascinating idea. I, I remember one of the um, Tibetan 
lamas, one of the previous karmapas, one of the leaders of the Kagyu tradition, was dying and, and this fellow was crying and he looked at him and said that nothing happens. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, okay, what does that really mean? Or do we just kind of shift into a different reality? And sure, you leave your body, but maybe from your point of view, the person dying, you shift into some other realm, you know? So anyway, it was just an interesting comment, I thought. That that's That's really interesting. And then like, you know, there's that whole thing about the coins on the eyes and that there's literally somebody that you have to give them a coin to go to the other side. Those are stories I've read when I was a kid too. So um, there's all these different things, you know, and it, and it does revolve around love, you know, that you're, you're going to be taken to in heaven or wherever you want to believe there is uh, the other side. Yeah. And, and I think that there's also that you can get into the near death experiences where people experience, there are some that experience negative things for sure that wake them up, but a lot of them have this sense of this great love and that they, they feel that some don't even want to come back, which is also really fascinating. Uh, so what do you think of that concept, Craig? Um, I have many thoughts, um, but, uh, you know, I, I want to, I've been getting kind of personal with the stories here. So let me just add one more uh, to that. Uh, I told you about my grandfather. And uh, my grandmother, I was also very close to. She lived about a year after he did, after he passed. And they moved her to another place. They even decorated it to look like her old home. Mm. Uh, she was having some forms of dementia. And so she wasn't always coherent. Um, so let me uh, join. Oops, I think we temporarily lost Craig here. He's coming back. He's no, I'm back. Okay. Hey. I had to switch to my phone again. My phone, my computer's been kind of wonky. <laughs> can you see me? Okay. Yes, we can see you fine. Yeah. So, so the story is, uh, you know, I, they moved my grandmother to a house and uh, they had decorated it to look like her old house. And now my mom and a couple of caregivers, they were convinced that my grandfather was still around watching over her mm. for that year. They would have little experiences that kind of or felt his energy even his anger or agitation, you know, <laughs> over like what's going on. Um, they would, and, you know, they would tell me these things. And and there were some caregivers that actually quit because they got spooked. Now, I have no doubt that that house they moved my grandmother in was haunted by something because mm. it was one of those weird housing developments where <clears throat> they will only rent it to you if you're senior and you're not you're going to die there oh. and then you have to sell it back to the main you have to sell it back to the main uh yeah. company once you pass and so that's what it is it's wow. everyone's last home you know so there have been people that had passed away in that house before my grandmother mm. um interestingly enough on her last day living on this plane she was struggling she had that, uh, was very incoherent. And then the death rattle started happening, which is the wheezing and the, the weird sound that people give right before they pass. Mm. And she needed help to her bed. The caregiver put her in the bed. And this is the caregiver story 
but they said that she suddenly sat upright with a lot of energy. My grandmother was in her 90s too. And she said, the caregiver said that my grandmother spoke very clearly, not the dementia mumble, not, you know, just making syllables. She said very clearly, I am, she gave her, her full name, said, my husband gave his full name, is here with me, we are going home. Oh, back down and died. Whoa. That's so, that's powerful. We are going home. Wow. Holly, that sounds pretty romantic in its own way. Her, we actually put that on her tombstone um, oh. engraving that she went home. Nice. You know, and uh, based on what she had said. Now, back to dreams. I've dreamed about my grandmother and my grandfather a couple of times. But one of the things, and when I was, you know, on haunted discoveries, family spirits. We were, we, I was talking to people that had experiences, you know, with dreams and this became a kind of a recurring theme. And one of the things that I kept finding interesting is that all of these dreams, for whatever reason, they have a similar pattern. And in a lot of these dreams, they'll appear, but they won't necessarily speak. And you know that they passed in your mm -hmm. dream. It's right. like suddenly they just uh, appear out of nowhere. You know that they're gone, and this is your chance. So I, in my dreams, I would run over to my grandmother, and she would sometimes look like she's seeing me. Sometimes she'd be smiling. She was almost always smiling. But uh, I would just give her a big hug, and I would tell her how much I love her and how much I miss her. And usually I'd wake up kind of crying, you know, yeah. I'd be crying in the dream and then I'd wake up and I'd start crying in, in you know, this reality. And um, um, I just thought this was like really, uh, are you there still? Yes, we're all still here, I think. Okay. Yeah, someone's here. trying to calm someone's trying to calm me. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. great. not that us. Yeah. It's, it's a ghost trying to call yeah. you. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> So and I'm 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 on my phone. I'm switched to my phone again. Ah. Um, so um I, I just find that maybe there is something to the dream thing because the patterns seem to be so incredibly similar. Right. And it's you know, it could be a way our brain processes grief. It could be something yeah. very subconscious. So but we're all wired differently. We all are sure. I mean So why do you have if, the common if I experience? Were to say, think of a dog if I were to tell you think of a dog, you would have a completely different vision of the dog than what I would have. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd right. all pick our own different dogs. But why are we all having these very similar experiences with loved ones and dreams? So I can't help but be open-minded enough to think that maybe that is used for visitation. Yeah, I, I definitely have my own stories, but I did want to get back to Holly a little bit and sort of get some more sort of stories or anything you'd like to talk about this uh, topic a little bit more uh, to give you a little input there. Um, yeah, I, um, I put, that was great that you said that you put that they were, you know, they're going home with my grandparents I buried, uh, then I have my grandfather still. I need to put him with my grandmother, but I'm selfish and I want him with me a little bit longer, <laughs> but I've got him right behind me, you know, but, um, I put on their tomb, um, swing dancing in heaven. And cause they met, uh, they were dancers 
you oh. know, and uh, I feel that they have visited me and my mother. They're all deceased. They're all on the other side, you know, at different times through dreams and through other things I can't explain. So uh, it makes me a believer that family members do come back to let you know that they're there. Um, I always think, you know, at the second and when it happens, I don't believe it. And then afterwards, I kind of analyze and I'm like, yeah, you know, that could have been a paranormal thing that did go on. You know, um, so these things happen always around the anniversary of my mom's death or mm. um, their, their anniversaries. It's just something about that time, you know, and um, that's about it. I do believe in dreams. I do believe in all of those things, you know, and there's a, what, um, 260 days to Halloween. So, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm counting down the days and that's when that whole portal opens and more stuff happens. So yeah, I believe in, I believe in love beyond the grave. Well, and it's good to bring up the idea that even though some of the hauntings are tragic, when you think about the broader concept of love beyond the grave, the idea that family members are met by other family members and that they can sometimes be protective spirits, which I've heard a lot from some of my clients too, that their grandmother or mother or father or even uh, a husband that have died come back in a very helpful and useful way. And it's it's probably as common as, as haunted stories, really. I agree. Well, I've learned that just about every family, every family has uh, those stories somewhere. Someone in every family believes has probably claimed that they've had paranormal uh, experiences, and 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 we're talking about people that don't believe that will tell you to your face they don't believe in ghosts. Someone in their family has a ghost story usually, and yeah. uh, uh, so I would tend to agree with you, Krista, that it's probably more common. Now, can it all be explained away rationally? I don't know. You know, I'm, I still reserve some degree of skepticism in, in what I will believe in and what I won't. But I will say this. We all have our stories. We've all had our experiences. I've, I'm always amazed when uh, different people's experiences match up mm -hmm. and have a consistency despite them not knowing. I mean, that's very hard to, that's, that's not an easy thing to dismiss right. as a skeptic. Um, uh, I do find that most of the good ghost stories, like the protectives, are very brief. The ones that give the sign, they're very brief. Mm. They go away. It's almost like people are loved ones that recently passed. They stay behind for maybe a week, two weeks, a month maybe even a year, mm -hmm. whatever. I mean, but it does go away right? usually. But but these forlorn, tragic, you know, morality tales, you know, uh, they go on forever, you know, and some of them may be based on some truths. Some of them have been embellished. Like for instance, the Kate Morgan ghost story at the Dell. Right. I mean, no one really knows why she was there and was she she was there to meet a male at which she claimed was her was her brother in the beginning uh but somehow or another people have retold the story so many times that it suddenly it's a lost a lover and that she was carrying a child all this stuff which was never proved mm -hmm. uh in her lifetime but 
you know, it, how it gets embellished into a tragic ghost story. Right. You yeah. know, um, and uh, it could be partly true. You know, it's just that I wouldn't necessarily believe it hook, line, and sinker like some people do. But it is open to interpretation because the facts are very limited on that case. Well, I think we're, we're coming the- coming to the end of the show, but another show I think might be interesting is there are some stories that I know of where people are helped literally and or told something they knew nothing about because of a deceased one. They're not common, but there there's some sort of result, you know, like uh, factually that happened. And, and Michael even has one that he knows, but I know we're coming to the end of the show today. So uh, I wanted to sort of give Holly sort of the last word. Uh, as we close down the show. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just, I, this, this whole topic, there's just so much more we can talk about. Um, we didn't just go into all the tragic things. We also went into our loved ones and hospice and nurses and dreams. And, and, um, I do believe our, um, ancestors and other things, they do come back. Um, a lot of people like I do myself, I'll pray to my grandparents and ask them to help me or for guidance because they're not here any lo- longer, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, there is definitely love beyond the grave. It, uh, mm-hmm. Love is one of the most powerful things out there. So uh, it exists and uh, it's there. There's no denying it. Yes. Well, thank you, Holly, and thank you, Craig, and sorry for the disruption, folks, but we'll figure it all out. Join us next time as we continue to explore the esoteric and the explore and the obscure together. Have a magical day.